Day, and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It's Friday, February 8th, 3.05 p.m., episode 302, 302, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio. You're listening to Live Till 5, our Friday afternoon live local talk and variety program where we hope to entertain you, put a smile on your face, educate you, and edify you in your Christian walk. And so we hope that this show does all three of those things. Off a day to those of you who are driving through Carline right now, picking up your kids from various schools across the island. God bless you for being patient as you drive through the car lines and wait for the kids to load their backpacks and they forgot their $45 Hydra flask and they have to run back inside and see if it's still in the unlocked classroom and just be patient. Patience is a virtue, I've heard. Hopefully you're enjoying the end of your week. Some of you might be still at work or even heading into the swing shift. Hope you have a great evening of work. Also, this show is rebroadcast Saturdays from noon to 2 and Sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. So you might be going to a soccer game at the Guam Football Association soccer fields on Saturday afternoon or coming home from a great soccer match, a little sunburned and a little wet from rain. Maybe you're heading home from church on Sunday night from 7 to 9 p.m. We rebroadcast the show, all two hours of it, Saturdays noon to 2, Sunday night 7 to 9 p.m., Catch us on The Rebound. We know many people can't listen to two straight hours of radio. Their lives are just too busy, but they can catch a little bit here, a little bit there. Maybe you want to tell someone else about it and they can pick it up at that time. That's one way to listen to Live Till 5, but not on Friday afternoons. You can also download the podcast through khmg.org. You can either listen to our live stream of this of our entire radio broadcast, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, through khmg.org. Just click the Listen tab. Or a few hours after this show is uploaded to our website, you can download the podcast from khmg.org. A way to get notified of those uploads is to follow us on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Follow us there and you'll get updates every time we upload a new podcast. It's a great way for you to interact with us as well. You can send us a private message, give us a little thumbs up, things like that. Let's us know that you are out there listening. Sometimes that anecdotal evidence is really encouraging to us. There is no device out there that we're aware of where we can measure how many people are listening on their car radios or on the radio on their workbench or through a radio that's plugged into the PA system in your office or workplace. We can tell how many people are tuning in online, but not always aware of how many people might be listening out there. And today's a great day to be listening to the show. I mean, every Friday is, but this episode today, our topic is about the state of Iowa, the state of Iowa. I'm going to be saying more about that later in the show, but I encourage you to listen to the whole show, and it'll be uh, a great topic today. Also, expect to have Lawrence Nagengast with This Day in History, Sebastian Basildua with his wonderful quiz, Chris Harper with the news, and, uh, of course, What's in My Coffee when the baristas from The Hub bring us some delightful treats well, I guess I can't guarantee they're delightful until we test them, but we're expecting by faith that they're going to be delightful treats. It is Friday, February 8th, 3.08 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. And, uh, you know, the month of February has a lot of observances. Last week I 
read through a few of those. Let me continue on here. Uh, Let's see here. February is fabulous Florida Strawberry Month, International Boost Self-Esteem, Expect Success, International Friendship, Hoof Care Month, or Hoof Care Month, Prenatal Infection Prevention, Jobs in Golf, Library Lovers, Love the Bus Month, Uh, let's see, National Bird Feeding Month, Black History Month, Cancer Prevention, Care About Your Indoor Air Month, Cat Health, Cherry Month, and Children's Dental Health Month. To name a few, I'm going to have an article in the Stranger Than Fiction segment about children's dental health. Matter of fact, you know what? Let's just talk about that right now. Since it is Children's Dental Health Month, let me see if I have that at my fingertips. If I don't, I will talk about it later. Oh, yeah, here we go. Stranger Than Fiction, oftentimes I come up with, uh, I find stories that, prove that truth is oftentimes stranger than fiction and since it's children's dental health month came across this story with reuters most children are using too much toothpaste don't brush often enough and don't start brushing their teeth at a young age according to a u.s survey parents should brush infants teeth when the tooth first appears which can be as early as six months and they should help their kids brush until the kids are independent enough to thoroughly and correctly brush for themselves, says the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC. Cavities, according to the CDC, are one of the most common chronic diseases in children, and untreated cavities can cause pain, infections, and problems eating, speaking, and learning. Children with poor oral health often miss more school and receive lower grades than children with better oral health. Some parents listening right now are like, whoa, better grades? Teeth brushing? Get out the toothbrush, honey. Here you go. Back to the story. While starting to brush as soon as teeth begin appearing is recommended, ingesting too much fluoride can harm still-forming teeth. The study notes from CDC's Morbidity and Mortality Weekly report. So the CDC recommends that children don't use fluoride toothpaste until they're two years old. Children under the age of three should use a smear of toothpaste the size of a rice grain. Children three to six should use pea-sized amount. To see whether U.S. parents follow these guidelines, Thornton Evans and colleagues analyzed responses from parents and caregivers of more than 5,100 children and teens to a nationally representative survey. The research team found that about half of children between the age of three and six use the recommended pea-sized amount of toothpaste, when they brush, but 38% use half or full load of toothpaste, which is way too much. How many of you overdo it on the toothpaste? Me too. Nearly 80% of kids ages 3 to 15 begin brushing their teeth at a later age than recommended. 61% brush their teeth twice a day, while 34% brush only once a day. Researchers also found differences in brushing habits based on race, ethnicity, as well as the education income levels of the parents. For instance, children who lived with a parent or caregiver with less than a high school education and Mexican-American children were most likely to have started brushing and using toothpaste after the age of three. The CDC and American Academy of Pediatrics have begun to develop messages for pregnant women and new mothers about toothbrushing practices. Goes on to say education programs should also help parents use behavioral shaping strategies to reinforce toothbrushing habits. And there's some uh, there's some nonprofit uh, at uh, commercial spots on radio stations here in Guam that they sing this kind of aggravating song. What's your favorite color? And it kind of goes on for a minute and a half. And then it talks about if you can get your children to brush for two minutes, um, it's going to help prevent uh, tooth decay. And so. 
Anyway, since it is uh, Children's Dental Care Month observed, I wanted to at least mention that. Now, as far as the weeks go, it being the 8th of February, let's see what's happening this week. Yesterday began Solo Diners Eat Out Weekend. It also began Congenital Heart Defect Awareness. Uh, Have a Heart for a Chained Dog Week. Risk Awareness. National Marriage Week. Uh, let's see here. Oh, today is the beginning of Love Makes the World Go Around, but Laughter Keeps Us from Getting Dizzy Week. Uh, Children of Alcoholics Week starts on the 10th. International Friendship Week also starts on the 10th. Jello Week on the 10th. Secondhand Wardrobe and Writer Appreciation and Minch and Green and Dog Show, the Westminster Dog Show. And the World, uh, uh, let's see, American Association Advancements of Science Week, and Nest Box Week, and Alzheimer and Dementia Staff Education Week all start or run through some part of this week. And today being the 8th, there are some observances here. Boy Scout Anniversary Day is today. International Winter Bike to Work Day. Laugh and Get Rich Day. Molasses Bar Day. Kite Flying Day. No One Eats Alone Day and Opera Day. Tomorrow is Gwil Mabsent, which is a Welsh holiday, which I'm sure I butchered that name. National Bagels and Locks Day. Kite Flying Day is tomorrow. Stop Bullying Day. Toothache Day. Pizza Pie Day. Read in the Bathtub Day. Scout Sabbath and Toothache Day. The 10th, All the News that Fit into Print Day. Autism Sunday, also known as International Day of Prayer for Autism and Asperger's Syndrome. Cream Cheese Brownie Day, uh, Man Day, Home Warranty Day, Umbrella Day, and World Marriage Day. The 11th, Be Electrific Day, Clean Out Your Computer Day, Don't Cry Over Spilled Milk Day, Get Out Your Guitar Day, uh, International Day of Women and Girls in Science, there on the 11th, Make a Friend Day, Inventors Day, Shut In Visitation Day, Oatmeal Monday, Peppermint Patty Day, Pro Sports Wives Day, White T-Shirt Day, and World Day of the Sick, the 12th. Uh, Let's see here. Lincoln's Birthday, NAACP Day, Lost Penny Day, Plum Pudding Day, Oglethorpe Day, Paul Bunyan Day, and Safety Pup Day. 13th, Desperation Day, Employee Legal Awareness, Galentine's Day, Different, uh, Get a Different Name Day, Internet Friends Day, Tortellini Day, Wingman's Day, and World Radio Day. And then the 14th, Frederick Douglass Day, International Book Giving Day, League of Women Voters Day, Library Lovers Day, National Cream-Filled Chocolate, Donor Day, Ferris Wheel Day, Have a Heart Day, Pet Theft Awareness, National Women's Heart, Quirky Alone, Race Relations Day, Singles Awareness Day, Statehood Day of Arizona, Valentine's Day, Congenital Heart Defect Awareness, and World Sound Healing Day. All happening in this upcoming week. Now, we're going to take a break and listen to a little Harvest Highlights while I sit here and, excuse me for one second, yep, uh, drink some uh, mediocre coffee, and uh, this is about as mediocre as mediocre gets, so I'm going to enjoy this somewhat. And then we'll come back. We'll have Sebastian, Lawrence, Chris, 
Have a few drinks from the hub as well. Listeners, thanks for tuning in on this Friday, February 8th, 2019, episode 302. The topic today is Iowa. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. Glad to have you with us back after this short break. We're back with a little more Live Till 5, episode 302 on this Friday, February 8th, 2019. Glad to have you with us. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. You're listening to Live Till 5 here on KHMG 88.1 FM, Barragata Guam. Glad we could be part of your Friday afternoon or Saturday early afternoon or Sunday evening because we do rebroadcast this show on Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Tune in when you can. Or download the podcast through khmg.org. Not just the podcast of this show, although that would be totally worth it, but there are so many good programs that Chris Harper and Sebastian Basildua and Deb Harper put onto the website as resources for you. They produce some here locally, some of them we've had for a while. There's a great library of resources there on khmg.org. Please go there, check it out. Go to our Facebook page as well and follow us, Harvest Family Radio Guam. It's a great way to get updated when we do put out new podcasts or programs or upload new new things. We want to keep you aware of what's going on here at Harvest Family Radio. Now, I'm going to just take a minute here. I found another story that is truly stranger than fiction. Uh, have you ever noticed sometimes, sometimes... And we probably all have a little hypocrisy or hypocrisy, depending on where you're from, in us, right? So we we know something, but we do the opposite. We um, kind of do as I say, not as I do. You ever have a overweight doctor tell you you need to lose weight? Yeah. It's hard to listen to, even though it might be true. It's just hard to listen to. Well... In Athens, Greece, the deputy health minister told the European Union's top health official to, quote-unquote, butt out after getting a reprimand for smoking in public. Deputy Minister Pavlos Palakis was caught on video footage this week holding a cigarette while dancing in a club. He had also been photographed smoking at a news conference in 2016. It drew rebuke from the EU health commissioner... I can't remember, I can't pronounce this guy's name, who was in Athens to mark the World Cancer Day. The EU health commissioner said it was, quote-unquote, shameful. Palakis, who is also a surgeon, said he was dealing with more pressing issues at the ministry than smoking. Learn before you speak, Palakis wrote on his Facebook account in a post addressed to the EU commissioner. I'll decide to win when to stop smoking on my terms, Palakis said. Greece has the highest smoking rate in the European Union. It bans smoking in indoor public spaces, such as the nightclub where Palakis danced um, as uh, red napkins fluttered all around him. The EU official, 
who was questioned by a daily newspaper, frequently critical of the outspoken minister, also complained the health ministry smelt of cigarettes and that nobody wore ties. Those seem like, let me just take a little side note, those seem like unrelated issues. It smelled of cigarettes and nobody wore ties. One of those two things is worse than the other. Back to the story. Palakis said, that's a lie. The security guard at the entrance wore a tie. I don't. It's the suits which passed through here who bankrupted our country. The suits, you know, people that dressed in suits with ties. End quote. His boss, Prime Minister Alex Sispras, also eschews ties. He briefly wore one last year after brokering an agreement with the country's lenders on debt relief for the nation, which required three bailouts between 2010 and 2015. Greece emerged from the bailout in August of 20... Oh, this past August. So, long story short, the surgeon, who also happens to be the health minister for the nation of Greece, got called onto the carpet by the EU health minister for smoking. Not just smoking, but smoking in public multiple times. And the Greek health minister said, butt out. He said it. It's, I know, it's a terrible health pun. But he said it. You know, like cigarette butts, it's like the little part of the cigarette that's left over with the filter. It's terrible for you. Smoking's bad. And the EU health minister probably had a good point. And Greece does have the highest smoking rate, according to this article. So, stranger than fiction, people. That's, that's why we call it that. Anyway, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, I got Lawrence, Sebastian, Chris, and hopefully some delectable treats coming up from the hub. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Episode 302, Friday, February 8th, 2019, 3.29 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. Back after this. We're back with a little more live till 5. It's Friday, February 8th, 2019. 3.35 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. And from my left and my right, Lawrence, Sebastian, and Chris, all here. The usual suspects hanging out with us on the air, live on this Friday afternoon. And glad to have these guys with us. Some of them are overwhelmed with yawns right now. Yeah, good to be here, though. Could, yeah. So it couldn't have been me. Yeah, I wasn't going to call you out specifically. Yeah. I was just kind of putting it out there, but... So I had a lot of uh, I had a lot of feedback, positive feedback about our our, our little Waffle House section last really? week. Really? Yeah. I noticed that CBS. Uh, so I follow the YouTube channel for CBS Sunday Morning. Yeah. They do. They have some great little yeah. short uh, yes. short. 
and they did one on the Waffle House uh, you know, it's this a, it's week. It's crazy. And it, they do the um, the whole, wa- what are they called? The Waffle House Index, which we've talked about on the show before, um, where they the FEMA... They can tell if it's really bad if a Waffle House closes, and they use that as a as an index for hurricane country. Also, happens to be where the largest percentage of Waffle Houses are. Yeah, perfect. My my wife says that. Well, I'm not supposed to mention her. We have a listener, a former listener, a former listener yeah. that mentions that off. sometimes I talk about. Wa- she said we. I'm thinking she's talking about you and me, Lawrence. That uh, we talk about the Waffle House with with loving tones. I'm trying to remember the word she used, but like with 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 like terms of affection adoring, or something. Adoring it's something like uh, that. Fans. Yes, it's like like we just love it. Like we just can't get enough of it and we're we're so like Well, when you live in a space a, pl- a space, a place that doesn't have it, everything becomes a little more glorified. That's true. That's absolutely when, when, true. When you're not makes, there, everyone then, here wishes we had Walmart until you go to a Walmart. Yeah, and then it's okay. Chick-fil-A. Well, you know, no different than than JS store really, you know. Yep. That's yep. the kind of feeling yeah, you have walking in there. You know, it's just I'll the, get my needs and get it's out. It's the legend of it. It's it, <laughs> it becomes a legend. It's any, in the our grass own is minds. greener. Is really right. what it ends up being. Right. On the other side, grass is greener. That's right. But I would still eat there today if I could. <laughs> I would absolutely. Eat <laughs> and I think it would do really well since we're talking about it would do well on Guam. Yeah. I'd I'd be over there at 2 a.m. for for a random road trip Certainly. around the island six times. Certainly, and you know <laughs> that that uh, you know tourists would do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, they and could, think they about all the killing. Navy sailors that come here and they're looking for a taste from home. Yeah, they just need a pecan waffle. We need man. to get the Guam Visitor Bureau on. Yeah. that's right. On the line here. We need, I could be uh, the I could be the mascot. We need a yellow top building out here. That's in right. Next year. Yeah, and, and we could be part of the FEMA uh, Waffle House Index, yeah. and they can monitor we could just let how them bad know. it is here. Folks, the Waffle House is down. We're looking at a Cat 5 here. There Imagine how many just Waffle like House mugs they could sell to Japanese oh, folks. Oh, Korean the folks. used, mugs? unused alike. The reason I think uh, CBS did uh, CBS Sunday Morning did a little thing on it is because there's one right there by the Mercedes-Benz arena in atlanta and they were of course there for all the super bowl stuff and they did just a short segment on that i believe there's a the original waffle house is somewhere in that area there's like a waffle that's right down the road from the varsity which yeah is a shoe in for a stop from my family by the way did you guys see this you might soccer guys might not have seen this but the super bowl and mls cup were in the same stadium this year Mm. they got seventy thousand five hundred and some with more seats open at the Super Bowl. Really? They got over 72,000 at MLS Cup. And keep in mind, the field is much, much bigger for soccer, which means there's less seats wow. available. So that went around in the soccer community big time. I'm sure. That there was more people at MLS Cup than at the Super Bowl. Hmm. Makes sense. Well, TV uh, ratings? Yeah. Uh, I, I, not I, so much. I, yeah. But. Well, the TV the ratings stadium. of this game specifically, not even comparing, yeah. were not that great. Yeah, yeah, were, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you know, basically the entire country is divided into one small little silver, blue, and red section that likes the New England Patriots yeah. and everybody else. Yeah. And yeah. yet, the the uh, L.A. Rams, no one gets too jazzed about them either. So it's kind of Well, like, they've only been out there a couple years. Right, right, In right. this last move. Right. So, but that, but that, their coach, 33. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Have you seen that the video? There's a bunch of uh, uh, funny videos now about the guy. He There's an the assistant that coach that just pulls him. him back off yeah, the field. Yeah, that's his job. Because he's get, always running on the field, the, and they just he grabs him by the waist and pulls him back. He's the get-back coach. Yeah, the get-back get coach. coach, yep. 
So there was, um, they've had a bunch of funny videos. Yeah, because if they're superimposed, you're up on the if you're up on the white line and the ref runs into you trying to watch the play. They'll they'll call interference yeah, on right. the, the the player the the coach whoever's standing there. So he'll be standing there and pull him back if a ref goes running by. It's pretty I could fun do to watch. that job. I could be the get back guy. Yeah, I could can. be the get back. I think I've been that guy. Especially now, wait, if the coach we is, not talk about this. Is I think a, I am that guy. Wait a minute. He's like, okay, all right, pastor, get back, get back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think I've been yeah. that guy before. You might be. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Lawrence. All right, get back a little bit. Get back. I got yeah. The yeah. other watch guy, out for those like, parents. Now, as far as get the back. as far as the radio goes. I, I would not say you're the get back guy. We need guy. a get back guy. <laughs> we need a you know this, this Chris is our get back guy. Chris. As yeah. far as the as far as the um, the get back guy, the other job that I like in football is the guys that walk out on the field uh, after the play is done and just shoot water into the players' yeah. mouths. Yeah, the squirt guy. How do they get that job? It's a well, water boy. I think they're probably part of the physical therapy team that turns oh. water part water boy when there's no injury to yeah. tend to. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah. So during the slow minutes, they rehydrate. Yeah, they're the hydration they're team. They're hydration professionals. Yeah. Yeah, also known as water, or, or water the, people. Or the cord guy that walks right behind yep. coaches with yep. That's right. uh, spools of, of, of wire on their hand, and yep. they just got to make sure there's no tension on the, on the wire. You think they could get some sort of wireless technology, but apparently yeah. not. Well, I have to believe there is, and certain coaches just like the old school. I mean, I I believe it's they don't want to be intercepted because wasn't it New England that was intercepting uh, radio ooh, frequencies? Probably. I believe that's what. It, so the before the whole Deflate Gate, they had um, Belichick was accused of. They had people listening with scanners yeah. to the radio frequencies. I, I like I like watching the coaches that do and do not cover up their mouth when they're right, throwing yeah. plays because certain coaches will just say it. Would My not coach cover up. Andy Reid. He covers up. He yeah. has his little his little handout, his most, little laminated most handout. Most offensive coordinators and coaches will. The defensive guys, I don't know if it's just they're calling the play after yeah. the offense usually. Yeah. So I don't know. It, I don't know. Ever since uh, YouTube, uh, someone came out with that bad lip reading channel. You know, everyone should cover. <laughs> everyone yeah, should, should cover up because you just never know what they're going to do to mock you. So anyway, hey, you know what? It's time for. Uh, it's time for. Oh, there it is, right there. It's time for a quiz. And today is a quiz on band-aids. Wow. And not did, just bandages, but band-aids, the brand. The yeah. brand. And did you not know? Not a sponsor. Like not a Kleenex. sponsor yet. Not a, not a sponsor yet. Brought to you by Bland-Aid. It's all right. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, there's. did you know there's also a band named Band-Aid, and it made it very difficult to research information. Well, Band-Aid is like a, isn't it a concert annually that raises money for like AIDS awareness or something like that, I think. Oh, that makes, well, that makes perfect sense. I didn't even think about that. Band-Aid. I just thought I was annoyed because yeah. I was like, yeah, trying to find information. Yeah. This You're looking for Band-Aid bandages. Come on. All right. Well, yep. um, a lot of uh, I'm an expert on this topic, by the way. TLC went into this quiz, so uh, Chris, we'll start with you, and then Jared and Lawrence. So we got to think of some uh, bandage uh, puns throughout this as well. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I couldn't think of anything clever for the title, so here we go. What would ancient Egyptian ancient Egyptians use to protect their wounds? Peppermint leaves, mud, honey, or aloe vera? Who? Ancient Egyptians. Oh, Egyptians. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I I like the idea of mud. So since I like that on one, the banks of the Nile, sure, why not? Yeah. I'm, mm. I'm thinking mud. I'm thinking aloe vera. Aloe vera. I like I like aloe vera for that answer. What, so I'm gonna uh, say aloe vera. What's the What's the four options? Peppermint leaves, mud, honey, 
or aloe vera? Wow. Or all the above in like a poultice? Yeah, poultice. There you go. Yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go because of the region, I'm gonna go with mud as well. They used honey. Mm. Honey Really? Yeah. Uh, what a waste. If I were to say treat, uh aloe vera might have been a good mm. but to just to help prevent in- infections, honey was placed on cuts to serve as an antibiotic barrier. Mm. Huh. So Okay. So if you ever It makes sense. Have a cut. for bees though. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know they were such I didn't know they were such uh bee people. No. But it apparently you'd need that if if you can just sparingly give it away to cover up cuts, yeah. not eat it. Yeah. Well, a lot of good right. uses for honey, I guess. Good job. No points there. Question number 2. In 1860, Joseph Lister introduced this item to the world Listerine. which helped aid many lives. Band-Aids bottled hydrogen peroxide, upgraded surgical gauze, or Listerine. Come on, man. It's got to be Listerine, right? His name's Lister. Or, or is, it, is he trying to Maybe fool us? Well, I'm going on. with the Listerine. Okay. Then. Give us what, the four what? options again. Listerine was Band-Aids, one. Band-Aids, bottled hydrogen peroxide. Upgraded surgical gauze or Listerine. Okay, maybe he did give us Listerine, but not at that point. Wait a minute. Can you repeat the first yeah, part of the question? The question. In yeah. 1860, yeah. Joseph Lister introduced this item to the world, mm. which helped aid many lives. I think. So now it's not a question of what is the right answer. It's a question of how tricky is Sebastian. That's the question. Because of it's the a band aid quiz. If there, wasn't, That's the thing. if there wasn't a year involved, the obvious answer would be Listerine. But because there's a specific year, okay. and the last part of the question says to aid people, Listerine's helpful. And, I mean, it doesn't I, aid anybody. I'd say aided maybe, me many times. Okay, I'm going to go with... I think the, you should go with Listerine. <laughs> should I? You should go with bandages. No, wait a minute. I haven't answered yet. Okay. Uh, I, I think I'm going to go with hydrogen peroxide because it's in keeping with a Band-Aid thing, but it's against my better judgment. Mm. Go ahead. I... I have to go with the liquid hydrogen peroxide as well. Yeah. What's the first and third options? Band-Aids or upgraded surgical gauze? Uh, upgraded surgical gauze sounds awkward. I'm going to go with the liquids. So I'm going to go with the same answer. For well, the block. Y'all are wrong. Listerine was actually named after Joseph Lister, but was developed in 1879 by Joseph Lawrence. Lister, <sighs> introduced, sur- Lister introduced surgical gauze, which... With carbolic acid, okay. a disinfectant. So the which answer helped. is surgical gauze, not Listerine. Un- unique surgical gauze. Upgraded. No, it's, or upgraded. it's upgraded, yeah. Because it has Be- carbolic acid. Yeah, which I'm saying. Yeah. Because yeah, it helped reduce infection after surgeries. He got the idea from observing the use of disinfectants used to treat sewer stench. So like they would cover up sewer wow. pipes and mm-hmm. it would kill the stench. So that's what they used. Don't try this at home, children. <laughs> okay, if the score is tied. Zero, zero, zero. You haven't even had to click your pen yet. That's <laughs> I great. know. All right. Next question. In the early 1900s... Oh, by the way, one of our listeners, J.H., said, Ah, the one medical quiz. I'm not there. So, uh, uh, yeah, uh, someone that knows. He probably would have known about the carbolic acid and the upgraded medical gauze. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, J.H. The upgraded threw me off. Shoot me a private message if you get this next one. Yeah, we'll give, I'll, I'll write him on the list here. <laughs> I'm, in the right. gr- I'm in the group, too. <laughs> oh, okay, forget it. Pri- all right. Private message, please. Um, all right, in the early 1900s, Earl Dickinson, or Earl Dickinson invented the Band-Aid brand adhesive bandage. Yes. Uh, why? Why did he do that? 
Because he's a great guy. To help, to help medics provide aid for minor injuries. B, to help wives with knives in their kitchen. Or C, to fill the need for cheap medical aid for farmers. Medical aid for farmers. Hmm. Hmm. For farmers. And this was in what year? Tell me what year. This is in the early 1900s. Okay. Boy, that seems oddly specific, farmers. So I'm going to go with farmers. Hmm. Uh, I think it was for um, housewives with kitchen knives to save their lives. Can you? S- and that's no jive. <laughs> Can you repeat one and three then? <laughs> to help medics provide that, aid. That was a, that was hey, when you got it, you got it. Am I right, <laughs> listeners? Am I right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> to help to help medics provide aid for minor injuries, or to fill the need for cheap medical aid for farmers. And then what was? Oh, I thought that was four. What was four then? There was no four. There was no oh, there's four. only three options. Yes. No. Nope. Oh, farmers, wives, or medical people. Yeah, I'm going to go with farmers too. All right. Good job, Jared. You get that point. It, it that was, was oddly specific. I thought. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's true too. Um, yeah. His he got tired of having to. His wife was always cutting and burning herself, and he wanted to. He laid out uh, uh, an adhesive strip, and then put cotton on it, and then she all all she'd have to do is self apply, and she'd have to like cut it and, uh, wow. and apply it to her to the these cuts. And so, too bad they didn't have a Waffle House close by. Am I right? Uh, they wouldn't need. She wouldn't have to keep cutting herself have and burning cook. herself. Right, yeah. exactly. Just give her a butter knife and a spoon and. <laughs> But so be careful, honey. Seven dollars. The, the most important go. thing was it was a self, a yes. self so treatment. Could, she yes, didn't have right, to. Right. He didn't have to go and help her. I guess. Yeah. That was why he did. So it. is he being helpful or <laughs> late? Calling me to the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, I'm watching the game here. <laughs> All <Okay>. right. <laughs> Number four is a true or false question. Band aids were immediately a huge hit in the market. Why ask that? If if they were, you know. So I'm going to say false. It could be say, a, a, a double I'm cross. I'm going to say Americans took a long time to come around to that situation. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. Um, false. Yeah. Be, I mean, how many wives cut themselves a lot in the kitchen? I don't, but, um, I don't know. I don't I'm going to, just because I need to break this this log jam, this this iceberg that's stuck in the fjord. Um, the the glacier bird the, the 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 glacier bird it calved a, a the calved uh, it calved an iceberg that's what they say it calved yeah. an iceberg yes it did yeah. and and it is stuck in the mouth of the fjord and no more points are going to come through unless I answer this different than you guys so I'm what? going to say what were the answers again true, true or false false, false. <laughs> what were the answers again. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's just that's exactly what, what Chris just said. I meant true. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the fact that I've answered true. everything Chris has said today and go with false. Okay, I'm going to say true. <laughs> he has not led me well today so far, but I'm guessing. All right. Well, Jared, thanks for giving them points. Yeah. Yes. Only $3,000 worth were sold in the first year because people were not sure how to use them. Sales increased after the company hired traveling salesmen to demonstrate the product to doctors, butchers, and retail retail pharmacists. Wow. <laughs> so now is it tied 1-1-1? One, 1-1-1. One, one? One, one, one. The iceberg just wedged itself deeper into the fjord. <laughs> we, must, we must break this iceberg Well, there's up. only one more question, and okay. there's only two answers to that question. We need an ice-breaking ship, then. There you go. That's right. We need an icebreaker. This is another true-false. 
All right, here we go. That good, huh? Okay. <laughs> Band-aids are used throughout the whole world. True or false? The whole world. <laughs> I, no, I don't think. I, I don't think they are. Like, do they have band-aids when when a bomb explodes somewhere in the Middle East? Well, are they using band-aids or South Pole? South Pole, yeah. Greenland, yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay to to add a little more. Ten buck two. I'm saying more like Sheboygan. Um, if yeah, if there yeah, are Sheboygan. medical things available, band aid has so a anywhere that medicine is happening, their band aids are being used. Yes. Hmm. Okay, I I'm gonna say false. I'm gonna say true, and that should be their slogan. Anywhere bad things happen, band aids are covering it up. We can work on the language, but I hope <laughs> yeah. that they contact we'll need me. To. Anywhere <laughs> bad things are happening, Band-Aids will cover it up. Yeah. 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 For instance, war, famine, pestilence. So, yeah. Put a Band-Aid, Band-Aid on it. it. Yep. Haven't Just... you heard them say that's a Band-Aid solution? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Am I right? Say true at all for various different reasons from Jared uh, is I just think that it's it's uh, any anything that be anywhere like bad a things happen. Corps or anything where you have aid being sent, Band-Aids covered on up. board. You just said what I said, but in a longer, more no, roundabout way. I didn't say Band-Aids <laughs> covering it all. I said Band-Aids are on so board. Funny. All right, well, <laughs> the answer is false. Oh, no, another, what? Another company, Smith & Nephew, developed a product called Elastoplast in 1924, yes. which is very similar to Band-Aids. This product is still used in England and Australia. Elastoplast. Yes. Yeah. I knew that because I've heard of that. You, had the, you had the UK advantage. But I think, I a, think Band-Aid is still there. I don't know. They, I might, they might have a corner on the market. I've heard people say, like in the UK, can you get me a plaster? Oh. And, and that's a Band-Aid. I didn't yes. know. I thought they were talking about a... Yeah, I think that's what they're saying. Wow. We'll have to consult with CW and see. Yeah, if he, CW, maybe he's listening. Yeah. He's probably texting right I, now. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, so what was the final damage there? Well, Chris pulled it off Came in the end. Behind. I should have stuck with Chris. I went, I varied. <laughs> I, One question. I gave the most absurd answer, and you still went with it, Lawrence. <laughs> no, you did The answer you was need, yes or no, so you didn't hey, give it an absurd answer. I'm going to speak in chapel on peer pressure, and I want you to be there. <laughs> no, that, that, that's friend, fine. Lawrence. I just went with Chris for four out of five questions, and then I fell off the apple cart mm-hmm. on the last one, and that was to my demise. Yep. What a yep. bummer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, it's... Uh, when sinners entice what, thee. What a bummer. You know, when uh, soldiers went into World War II, they, part of their first aid kit, all of them had Band-Aids with them. Like, that was mm-hmm. the, the main thing. Yep. Oh, that all the main had. thing? What's your, what's your favorite <laughs> Band-Aid? All of them had. Like, of, of all the favorite <laughs> Band-Aids. I lost my legs. I got a Band-Aid for let's, you, Let's, let's go right around there. the table and talk about our favorite Band-Aids. What's your favorite Band-Aid? Chris, what's your favorite, favorite Band-Aid? Band-Aid? Okay, I like the kind, not the plastic kind, but the kind that have the real elastic Yes, stuff. Yeah, those are good. Just the standard brown, but those are great. Hey, standard the, the brown. Fabric, the fabric The fabric, yep. yeah. Yep. Yeah, those are really, those are, I think, two different things that we just explained there. But, um, yeah, the fabric ones are very strong. Those nice are the ones. Stretchy, those know? are the ones when the kids, when they're eight, nine, ten years old, pulled off, and they have the nice gray sticky yes. mark Love around that. the outside. Yep. Love it. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I That's like been the, on for four days. The Q-Tex ones that have like the ointment already in the bandage, oh, so yeah, it yeah. helps. It has neosporin already in it. Yep. And for me, they have the fabric ones now that have different colors to it. So you get this cool like jet black one. Just looks better. I just it looks don't like you were wounded in battle. I don't have to put band-aids on a whole lot more anymore. 
Well, me and the farmer's but, wife, we must yeah. have to use them a lot. Oh, but you're, you're, was she a farmer's wife? <laughs> that's, that's Isn't that what it was? No, she was a farmer's or wife. Oh, I got it. No. I got it mixed what? up. What? It was for was his wife. The guy was, was actually a cotton like seller okay. or something. A like cotton that. swabber. <laughs> yep. I like the liquid Band-Aid because it feels super cool sci-fi. No. Like, oh, spray on. Oh, that's a burn. so bad. Awful. That's like pure alcohol, There's no reason to add pain. Insult to injury is really Have you ever seen that... Have you ever had someone uh, put super glue on a cut? Have you seen yeah, that? Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, Pastor Heron's son, Miles, busted his face open more than once here on campus when he was a kid. Like, busted his eyebrow open, uh-huh. came into the office, super glue. They just literally took super glue and put it right on the cut and held it together for 10 seconds, sealed it shut, that was it. Because that's what they do at the emergency room. They have basically a, yeah. a, a commercial-grade super glue for your skin. Um, See, I don't know if you're supposed to use real super. My mom not, would do. My mom was a nurse. She would do butterfly. Yes, yeah, butterfly. Butter, yep. Those butterfly stitches or yes, whatever. Right. Yeah, I have a mark on my chin that was from ice skating when I was probably 14 years old, and that's what yeah. they did. You use a butterfly. little butterfly bandage. Yeah. Yep, it's better than stitches. I can tell you, stitches are stitches awful. are the worst, especially if it's in somewhere where it's not going to make a real, you know, a bad uh, scar. Scar. Yep. Yep. So we actually all have favorite bandages. I mean, we just. Where'd you go, Jared? Where, where'd you okay, go? I'm, oh, um, I'm back. We're losing him. Back. Hold we're on. There we go. We're having All a strange right. number was, of technical problems today. Yeah. It's a solar flare, I think. Yeah, probably. They blame they blame a lot of those electrical phenomenon on solar flares. I think it's a yeah. bad mic cable. It, just, it could be yeah. a bad mic cable. It just yeah. may be a loose and mic. I, and I yeah. elbowed it. So, But yeah. solar flare's close. All right. Well, we have like... A minute, and then we're going to take a break for the news, and we'll come back and do our little What's in My Coffee segment, and then I know Lawrence has to bounce. See what I did there? Because he's a basketball coach. <laughs> so uh, in Tigger. this last minute, before before we uh, go to the news break, what are you guys doing this weekend, Lawrence? Uh, a couple basketball games this weekend, and then um, just sort of get the house organized here. We're, we're leaving in a week, so this oh, is kind right. of the last weekend we have before that trip. And so uh, taking the baby for just, first first flight, well, she has no clue. Uh, One airplane, of you three is stressed out about the airplane. Yeah, it, it's not me. Um, <laughs> the baby isn't the, either. <laughs> nope, and I is fine. Um, the the flight, she's never going to know what hit her there. The the twenty degree weather we're about to walk into. Oh boy. And um, however, the 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 amount of of love and and family time that she'll be able to have with my my wife's in. Uh, parents yep. will be super fun and special. Yep. So your wife's really getting to take her uh, uh, belated maternity leave. That, yeah, that's what this trip. is part of. Yep. Is is uh, awesome. we shortened it up in the beginning so we could do this. Great, awesome, Sebastian. What are you doing this weekend? Yeah, I'm going to masquerade thing uh, for HBBC. Oh yeah, yeah. HBBC friendship that's tomorrow night. That's cool. Yeah. I wonder if anybody will tell who you are with a mask on. I don't know. No. I don't even know where to get a mask, so I might just My parents got some uh, from the ABC store. Yeah, I think they have them they have them down at Shop for Less as well. Oh, okay. Not a sponsor. Chris, what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> uh prepping to teach consistent character again this Sunday at ABF and we're going to be doing David and Goliath this oh. week. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Great. 9:30 a.m. Harvest Baptist Church yeah. Auditorium. Yeah. Sunday morning. Okay, well listening audience, we're going to take a short break for the news and we come back. A little more live till five, including what's in my coffee and maybe a quick this day in history if Lawrence has time. So stick around after the news. You're listening to KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam. This is episode 302 of Live Till Five on Friday, February 8th, 2019. Back after this.
And we're back with a little more Live Till 5. It's Friday, February 8th, 2019, 4.04 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. Glad to have you with us. Episode 302 of Live Till 5, our live local talk and variety program, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio. This is Live Till 5. And each one of us here right now, Chris, Sebastian, Lawrence, and myself, are all enjoying some delectable treats from the hub. You know, those people down there, they're so nice. I had someone in there today. I was uh, buying them a, a little coffee drink, and I told them, I said, you know, this is the best coffee shop on Guam. And it is. I didn't just say that. I, I really mean that. And every week, since the earliest days of our show, they've been providing coffee treats for us uh, here at the show. And then what we do is we share those with you, which is the segment we're going to do right now. This segment is brought to us by The Hub, offering an endless variety of coffees, teas, and baked goods. It's a wonderful place, nice people. Enough said. We all are drinking these these uh, treats, and we're going to describe to you, for those of you who are listening for the first time, what they taste like and what we think they are, and then we'll do the big reveal at the end. Chris, yours seems like it's going to be the easiest. Yeah, well, I see it up on the wall. So if you go mm-hmm. down to The Hub, you look on the wall right next to the register, you see a red velvet. It's it's a picture of it's it. It's a picture of it. Yeah, it's not actually yeah. the No, the, it's not actually there. The drink I, splashed on the wall. No. It's right next to the trash can. No. It's uh it's a red velvet and that looks exactly like this. And this tastes exactly like I would think I haven't had one, but this tastes exactly like I would think a red velvet tastes. And it's quite good, quite it different. Red I, uh, and velvety? Red, velvety, it's got I mean it's got just it's got actually just the right amount of sweetness. It's not like over the top sweet this time around, and I don't know. Is it usually really, really sweet? No, or? I don't think it's an overly sweet yeah. drink. I think yeah. uh, the time I've had it maybe once or twice, uh, and it's good. good. Yeah, it looks I, good. I heard that red velvet is just red dyed chocolate. It is. Yes, it it's is. a chocolate cake <laughs> with a ton of red dye. And so much red dye, about- you can taste the red dye. It's It changes the flavor of the chocolate a little wow. bit. Unless yeah. you're talking about actual red velvet then that's velvet that's red that's true and that would taste more like a bedspread or a comforter yes. maybe some of those pillows on grandma's couch yes. <laughs> a, a right velvet red velvet spread sounds <laughs> awfully uncomfortable no. it's velvet you we, never know yeah. in a cold climate it'd be nice that's probably. true I, i'd go more the flannel route we yeah we used to we joke around and she knows about it so i'm not putting her down but we used to know a lady who used to wear like stretch pants but they were velvet oh. and then people would say Oh, here comes velvet stretch pants, you know. But they joked around. <laughs> they, they, that's a, they, that's a that great. Sounds white. They, they joked around okay. with her about that, and she yeah. thought it was funny. Velvet stretch just, pants. That's, yeah, yeah. I hope but, she's listening right now. Honestly, yeah. that would just be, yeah, just such a great gift coming over the airwaves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. She, she's walking around the house in them right now. So, uh, Sebastian, what does yours taste like? Well, what did yours taste yeah, like? Past yeah, I tense. Know. I was really thirsty, and. Uh, yeah, so I don't know why, but whenever I think of like creamy, you know, vanilla bean, creamy, mm-hmm. I always think of the clouds. And, you know, if you look up in the sky and you see a really nice cloud, it's like, oh, that's a nice cloud. It's like probably light. I, I never said that. Then, and then I'm oh, like, nice okay, cloud. so these drinks, this drink is kind of light, but it, and it's very, very good. Very good. Uh, so you think it's creamy vanilla bean? Yeah, it's a creamy vanilla bean. A cloud in a cup. Cloud in a cup. I okay, think it's, I great. think it's a vanilla white mocha. Uh, I've been I've been uh, getting probably a few too many of those recently. Mm. Those are some of my favorite mm. down there. Really, really good. So uh, speaking of favorite, tell us about your drink, Lawrence. 
Uh, yeah, this is a different variety of coffee drink. Um, one they've had down there about a year and a half now, but the of the cold brew variety. And uh, a lot of different ways uh, you can make them now. They sell all sorts of different kits. But anyways, this one here I think is just a vanilla cold brew. And uh, it has some cream in it, has some vanilla flavoring in it. And uh, Vanilla cold brew. Cold brew is a little stronger coffee taste. It is because it sits in the coffee beans generally overnight or coffee grounds overnight. Then it's strained out and, and, and kept cold. So the whole thing is done with cold. There's no heat necessarily mm-hmm. to it. But um, but anyways, this is good. When the, when the balance of Describe what vanilla, kind of person would like this drink. Um, well, if you like, like a, a lumberjack's girlfriend, or uh, you know, it's not. It's more of a gandy dancer drink. A gandy dancer, okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think if you like a sweeter drink, uh, this one today has is pretty heavy on the vanilla, so it is sweeter mm-hmm. and lighter on the cream. And then you've had variations where are a little heavier on the cream and lighter on the sugar. Kind of up to your preference um, mm-hmm. as far as who's who's making. What would it, be but, a good occasion for this drink? I, I think really any early morning, uh, if you're not interested in a hot drink but yet need a, uh, a wake-me-up, cold brew will do it every time, mm-hmm. and it's cold. Uh, so, okay, so what you really you mean to— You mean the cold brew is cold? I will, well, I'll just tell you, if oh. it's hot weather out, yep. I'll generally go with one of these instead of a hot coffee. Okay. If I'm having one of those mornings, it's a little rainy, it's a little drizzly— gusty out even yep i'll go with a hot coffee not a cold brew mm-hmm. so honestly i actually will get cold brews throughout the week or hot drinks throughout the week and it's a lot of times based on the weather so basically if it's a hot day that's following a whole 24 hours of gandy dancing this is the drink for you <laughs> really without question okay all right <laughs> what do we remember what that is i don't we better be careful of, better yeah. be, well i just google jay babin yeah yeah was gandy being dancer. told that's what you are yes uh, um so while you're googling that um i'm drinking a minty iced tea drink but it has a sweet syrup in it and i think it might just be um could, could be, be a, a vanilla mint, possibly. A vanilla mint. Could be a vanilla mint. It tastes a little bit vanilla-y. Let's see. The big reveal. This is what everyone's really waiting for. This is why people listen to the second hour of the show is to see what the reveal is. Drink number one, red velvet there with espresso. What? Whoa. Whoa. That would actually maybe, be maybe why it's You're going to so get a sweet. lot of work That's done. That's why it's not so sweet. And there you're you go. not going to sleep. <laughs> uh, that that uh, that is actually sounds awesome. Yeah. That good. sounds awesome. That would yeah. be the way to do it, honestly. Have you ever had red velvet cake with the butter icing that they do here locally? It's an acquired taste. Not so some people don't it's not like butter icing like buttercream. Yeah, it's yeah. like butter. They literally take butter wow. and Churn smear it. it all over the top and it's butter mm. on top of the cake. So some people don't like that. Anyway, uh the other drink uh that Sebastian has, the drink whisperer called it again, yeah. is the iced white mocha. I should just listen to him. Yep. <laughs> He so can tell, by the way, theory. it clings to the... Yeah. Well, I just um, know my what cloud that color is. just right. turned into a storm cloud. Uh, and then Lawrence has the caramel cold brew. Caramel cold brew. <laughs> That's what it, I said, vanilla. Yeah, yeah caramel. It's, it's still... The, yeah. the, the sweetness is definitely there. And then uh, I have a Marrakesh mint iced tea. It's that's a good one. It's no very extra thirst flavoring quenching. Then. It has something. It has a little sweet. They must have put a little... Maybe they put some sugar, sugar syrup. Yep. Which, you know, I'm good with. I usually do a Splenda myself. Kind of watching the calories and carbs there, but anyway, yeah, it's all good. Uh, so, um, Lawrence, before you go to basketball, you want to pull up some of this day in history for us. And while you do, start with, I'm going to talk. Do you have some already? Well, I was going to start with what a gandy dancer was. Oh, yeah, give it us was, that. It was Please. another term for a railroad hand. Yes, that, that the railroad yeah. builders. 
Oh, the people the that, that, that built railroads. Yeah, that, that was what they were called. But being called a person that builds railroads is not as much fun as being called a Gandhi dancer. <laughs> yeah, without question. Yeah, I mean, it's like much more. Hey, person that built a railroad, get over here. Or, hey, you Gandhi dancer. You know, <laughs> it, it makes here. sense. Yeah. In basic training, I had a, 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 a drill sergeant that basically justified calling people certain kinds of names because he said, if I said, hey, Sunflower, get over here, you wouldn't uh, take him seriously. But if he said something else, you would. And so that's how he justified calling people certain kinds of names. So, <laughs> yep. True Always story. Excuse. Um, I did also, hey, while while you're pulling up your This Day in History, uh, I'll buy you just a, an extra second there. By the way, did you know someone uh, texted you and you need to contact them back right away? Been over it. <laughs> okay. Been all over Great. it. Uh, this, I did get a note from Faith Bookstore uh, today. They have a few boxes of Chuki's Bibles to give away. They had 50 cases yesterday. They put it on Facebook, and 47 cases have already gone. But if you want to stop by Faith Bookstore down on the corner of Route 8 and Route 1, uh, you can walk in there, and they have three cases still to give away, and they're just giving them away. Anyone that uh, would like to distribute a few uh, copies of the Chuki's translation of the Bible, uh, they have those there, and I thought I'd pass that along, because that's Blessing to them and blessing to those that end up with them in their hands. So, now, it is February 8th, 2019. Has anything ever happened on February 8th, any other year in history? Well, a few things, but we'll start back in 1807 with the Battle of Eilau. It ends inconclusively between Napoleon's forces and Russian Empire. It's the first battle Napoleon isn't victorious. Mm. So he didn't lose it. But he didn't win it either. Yeah, Russians in so, wintertime. Right. Mm. Yeah, those are tough. But the two battles he lost were actually both on the water, uh, were sea battles um, that uh, he lost to to um, to the same guy. And now his his mind is... Uh, Not his Nelson. Name. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Horatio Nelson. Horatio. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he's the I've guy done that beat, my him, duty. beat right. him twice. But uh, this is the first time in seven years, roughly, that Napoleon had, had not won. He didn't lose here. But he didn't win either. Yeah. Now, yeah. Isn't that's kind of like me in the quiz earlier. Isn't there? Some Except for dis- I did lose. Um, isn't there some distinction with Russia? Like no invading force has ever right. taken ground in right. their country or something. Well, like they've that. taken a lot of ground. Time. Napoleon and, and and Hitler both. It was their it was their undoing. It right. was Napoleon that went, uh, and because all the men when they left, they left in July. Which yeah. they probably should have left in April if they were going to time it correctly to get in and out. But they left in July. By the time November rolls around to to Russia, they're still in their summer marching outfits, yep. boots, and all that. And so he started losing men. Plus, your supply train gets exponentially longer the further you go away from yep. France yep. in this situation and Germany and Hitler's. Hitler actually took a number of cities. Uh, took Moscow actually. And it was Stalingrad. Stalingrad. He had it surrounded for a while. Surrounded, surrounded for a while. But um, it was just they were able to wait him out. Both yeah. of them. They used the scorched earth policy, where they would just burn everything and leave it nothing behind. No shelter. No food. No nothing. And so, as far as they got, the further they got into Russia, which is the one thing they had, was an immense amount of land. Yeah. And so they could just keep giving land up. Knowing that there's no way they maybe, could maybe it's they've never like they, they've never well they've never truly been conquered it been yeah they've um, never been defeated there's some there's some distinction that Russia has that no other you know the winter uh, planet yep 
Uh, no, no other nation on the planet has has had this distinction. Whatever it is, I yeah. think it's like actually, I think it's actually just being, um, you know, invading army has always been repelled or something like that. Yeah, I was going to say it can't be like not been overtaken because really, sure. truly, America hasn't either. Yeah, um, and Canada, um, but yeah, I think a country who has been invaded, yes, that wasn't defeated. Yeah, yeah, and that, that was probably be Russia because yeah. that's true. And uh, also, you never battle a Sicilian in a battle of wits. Yeah, that's that's good. Princess Those are the bride. two the two <laughs> proverbs about war. Yeah. One is that's from the Princess Bride. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nineteen twenty six Disney Brothers Cartoon Studio becomes Walt Disney Studios. Let me so. put in a plug for a documentary because everyone knows I watch a lot of documentaries. The Walt documentary yeah, it's on good. Netflix right now. Very good. Very good. It talks about the Disney Brothers. I, it reminded me that they actually started out in Kansas City, where I'm from. And uh, really, very interesting. It's put on by the Disney Family um, Archive stuff, so you know it's very, it's all positive. It's everything good that the Disney did. Yeah. It's actually. Um, uh, and there's boy. one about Pixar as well. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I, I saw that both one. of those actually. I like Steve the Jobs I like the Walt that one. Mm-hmm. I like the yeah. Walt yeah. one. Though. Yeah, he's he was one of the believers in Pixar yeah. in the early stages. Um, anyways, Disney Brothers. Yeah, 1942, Congress advises FDR that Americans of Japanese descent should be locked up in mass so they wouldn't oppose the U.S. war effort. Uh, very sad decision. Again, in times of war, drastic things are done. But um, it, it, if you watch a documentary on anything around surrounding Pearl Harbor or anything World War II, uh, this is a pretty sad time. A lot of fear-based Basic, yeah, decisions. Yeah. Fear-based decisions, yeah, that's a good way to sum that up. Uh, 1945, Paul Brown agrees to coach the new American football expansion team in Cleveland, which would later be named the Cleveland Browns after their coach. Wow. I didn't, I didn't know, know that. I didn't know that's where Brown's came from. I thought from. that that um, he got his name from his favorite color of crayon. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been second. But the last name does make a little bit more sense. Yeah. it's uh, now, now that you say it out loud. Yeah, but I don't know. In my head. I was I thinking Paul there, Brown there said, oh, my favorite team. color crayon. Can I change my name from Paul Black? <laughs> there isn't any other <laughs> team that it's probably named for a coach. No, in I don't fact, think so. I don't even know in, in any sport if no. a team's named their mascots a coach's last if name. If I do coach a professional team, I just want you to know yeah, well, I'm going that way with the it, though. It's the Baldwins. Yeah, that sounds, yep. that sounds fantastic. Because win, we like to win yeah. in the end. See, win, Baldwin. Huh. That's motivation right there. <laughs> that has me ready to play. Well, I'm working on it. As always. Sponsored by Band-Aid. We Wherever to, bad things happen, we cover it up. Try to finish up. Yeah. <laughs> the Baldwin Baldwin. That still needs that, that still, still needs working some, on it. That sounds like um, a dictator. You know? <laughs> when bad things happen, they cover <laughs> it up. Really yeah, quickly. that's exactly where that When happened. bad things happen, we cover it up with Band-Aids. Yeah. Thank you, Band-Aid. <laughs> and red tape. Oh, my word. Well, 2013. The polar vortex has come through. Oh yeah, it's a crazy, it's a crazy mess over there. But in 2013, a massive blizzard begins in the U.S. and Canada that results in 15 deaths, 5,300 canceled flights, and a loss of power for 900,000 people. So wow, I don't think this one has done that, but um, but very sad. Very uh, yeah, very tough weather this time of year. Yeah, and I, and I think that was my daughter's. Uh, let's see, that was my daughter's was senior six year. Six years ago. Yeah, that was uh, the same year that a lot of things happened around that time. That was when um, Kim Jong Un was threatening Guam with a uh, with a missile the first attack. Time. Yep, the, the first very time. first time. Yep, because yep. we ended up doing the senior trip like about a month after this. So yeah, awesome. 
Well, Lawrence, thank you very much uh, for contributing to uh, just another great show. Probably the best hour of radio entertainment since um, The Shadow in the 1940s. Yes. Green Hornet. Green Hornet. And um, what's the... what's the what was the what was the couple that was really George, George and, and Gracie? Gracie, George and Gracie. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I love that stuff when radio was. So yeah. anyway, right. Lawrence, I hope you guys have a great uh, game. Yeah, thank this you. evening. We're gonna take a short break, and when we come back, Chris and I are probably gonna talk about the news sometime a little later, and then my topic of the day, Iowa, Iowa. We're gonna talk about different things that are happening in Iowa, including some famous people from Iowa, and uh, stick around for the whole show. Got a big announcement towards the end as well. So stick around. More Live Till 5 after this. We're back with a little more Live Till 5, episode 302 on this Friday, February 8th, 2019, 4.24 p.m. here at the KHMG studios. Download the podcast through khmg.org. Listen live through our website as well. Just click on the Listen tab there at khmg.org. Let us know you're listening through Facebook, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Now, today's topic is Iowa, and I'll share with you in a little bit why the topic is that. But some quick facts about Iowa. Estimated population of Iowa, according to an Iowa website, which would be the experts, 2,830,000. Among the 50 states, Iowa ranks 30th in population, 23rd in land area. So it's right in the middle on land area, a little low on the population side. The word Iowa comes from the American Native tribe by the same name. Became the 29th state in the Union, December 28, 1846. The only state bordered by two navigable rivers, the Missouri River on the west and the Mississippi on the east. The capital is Des Moines. Nickname is the Hawkeye State, which I'll talk about that in a minute. Three state universities, Iowa State, University of Iowa, and University of North Iowa, ranks first in beef, pork, corn, soybean, and grain production. One Iowa family farm grows enough food and fiber to feed 279 people. One Iowa family farm grows enough food and... Oh, I'm sorry. The world's first electronic digital computer was built and operated by researchers at Iowa State University in the 1930s. Manufacturing is the largest source of personal income. Iowa students' ACT and SAT scores rank among the top five states. High school graduation rate is 88%, 17% above the national average. Sales tax, 5% in the state of Iowa. Median cost of a home is 36% lower than the average price of a house nationwide. Sergeant Charles Floyd is one person to die during the Lewis and Clark Historic Journey, buried in Sioux City, Iowa. More golf courses per capita than any other state. So, a lot of interesting information there. Let's see, I have some trivia about Iowa as well. Ripley's Believe It or Not has dubbed Burlington Snake Alley the most crooked street in the world. Strawberry Point is home to the world's largest strawberry. These are all in Iowa. State's smallest city park, situated in the middle of the road in Hilt or Heitman. Scranton is home to Iowa's oldest water tower, still in service. Dubuque is the state's oldest city. Crystal Lake, home to the statue to the world's largest bullhead fish. Rathbun Dam and Reservoir is the largest body of water in the state. Spirit Lake is the largest glacier-made lake in the states. 
West Okeechobee is the deepest natural lake in the state, 136 feet. Let's see what else. Francis Drake was 66 years old at his inauguration at the, and the Iowa's oldest governor. Uh, let's see. The Cedar Rapids Museum and Art houses the largest collection of Grant Wood uh, artwork. Let's see here. Finland Place Elevator in Dubuque is the world's steepest and shortest railway. Uh, Wright County has the highest percentage of grade A topsoil in the nation. Kind of interesting, but not that interesting. You know what I mean? Campers and motorhomes are manufactured in Winnebago County, and they're called Winnebagos. I always thought Winnebago was out of Wisconsin, but that's actually out of Iowa. There is a Winnebago, Wisconsin, but they're made in Iowa. Famous Iowans. Let's see here. I'll just do a few here. Um, Boy, Johnny Carson, TV entertaining. TV entertainer. William Buffalo Bill Cody was a scout. He's from Scott City. Johnny Carson was from Cumming, Iowa. Uh, let's see here. William Frawley was an actor from Burlington. He was in Miracle on 34th Street. He was the judge's uh, best friend. He was on uh, his probably most famous was I Love Lucy. He was Fred of the Fred and Ethel couple. Uh, George Gallup. Poll taker. He's from Jefferson, Iowa. Herbert Hoover, U.S. president, was from West Branch, Iowa. Ann Landers was a columnist. You know, the dear Ann um, from Sioux City. Cloris Leachman, the actress from Des Moines. Uh, let's see here. Who else was from there? Glenn Miller, the band leader, was from Clarendon. Um, let's see if there's any other. Billy Sunday, the evangelist, was from Ames, Iowa. John Wayne, the actor, was from Winterset. Andy Williams, we play some of his Christmas songs during Christmas season, from Wall Lake. All these people from the state of Iowa. Let's look at the weather from Iowa. Average high temperature in the month of February in Iowa, 36 degrees Average low, 19 degrees. Now, right now, it's in the single digits there. Uh, let's see. In the summertime, when it's hot, though, the average high in July is 86, and the average low is 67. And uh, they have, you know, a lot going for them there. Why is it called the Hawkeye State? Well, popular nickname for the state of Iowa, according to the Iowa Net State website, Popular nickname for the state of Iowa is said to have come from the scout Hawkeye in James Fenimore Cooper's The Last Mohicans, published in 1826. According to the Iowa State website, quote, two Iowa promoters from Burlington are believed to have popularized the name, end quote. The nickname was given approval by the territorial officials in 1838, 12 years after the book was published and eight years before Iowa became a state. The two men responsible for the promotion of the nickname are thought to be Judge David Rohrer of Burlington Newspaper publisher James G. Edwards of Fort Madison. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's, Burlington had been established in 1833. After the Black Hawk War of 1832, Mr. Edwards changed the name of his Burlington newspaper, the Iowa Patriot, to the Hawkeye and Iowa Patriot, in tribute of his friend Chief Black Hawk. Judge Rohr is said to have suggested the Hawkeye State after finding the name in the last Mohicans, while Mr. Edwards proposed the nickname Hawkeyes in 1838, rescue from oblivion a momentum, memento, at least of one name of the old chief, Black Hawk, that is. It's also called the Corn State and the Land of Rolling Prairies. They have all kinds of obscure little things. It's the Pork State as well. Matter of fact, in 
the economy in the state of Iowa $12.2 billion from pork production. Uh, Let's see here. Number of hog farms in Iowa, according to the 2012 census, 6,266 hog farms in Iowa. And uh, when you look at the economy, 141,813 jobs in 2017 from pork production in Iowa. Uh, state and local taxes, $756.4 million. Labor income, $8.3 billion. Sales, $36.7 billion. Federal taxes, $1.56 billion. All because of pork production. Pigs raised in Iowa consume 24.5% of all corn acres and 25% of all soybean acres. So it's kind of a, you know, a whole ecosystem. They raise the corn and soybean, and then they also raise the pigs, and then they slaughter the pigs for pork production and sell the pigs and eat the pigs, and then, you know, they plant more corn and more soybean, and there you go. Iowa has more than 6,000 hog farms. 94% of Iowa's hog farms are family-owned enterprises. As of 2015, 141,813 jobs are associated with the pork industry. One in nearly 12 working Iowans has a job tied to the pork industry. 39% have 1,000 pigs or less of all hog farms in Iowa. At one time, there were approximately 20 million pigs being raised in Iowa. Iowa producers market approximately 50 million hogs a year. Nearly one-third of the nation's hogs are raised in Iowa. The number one pork-producing state in the U.S. is Iowa, and the top four states for pork exports. And let's see here. Japan, Hong Kong, Canada, Mexico, and South Korea are the leading customers of Iowa pork. That's very interesting. So it's a, it's a pork state. But it's not just a pork state. It's also the corn state. Did you know? Corn facts here. Iowa has approximately 87,500 farms. More than 97% of those farms are owned by farm families. Iowa ranks number one in producing corn, soybeans, hogs, eggs, ethanol, dry distillers, grain solubles, which serve as a premium source of protein for livestock. Also ranks fourth in beef cattle. 2015, Iowa farmers produced more than 2.51 billion bushels of corn of grain, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture Statistics. And uh, that corn, Iowa leads the nation in ethanol production. 39% of the corn grown in Iowa goes to create nearly 30% of all American ethanol. So 39% of the corn goes towards ethanol, and then 25% goes towards feeding pigs. 461 million bushels, or 21% of Iowa corn, went directly into livestock feed. One bushel of corn produces 17 pounds of the distilled dry distillers grain solubles, um, as well as 2.8 gallons of ethanol. And then it kind of goes on. There's a lot more stats here about corn and corn facts there. Yeah, that's probably enough about the corn there. So why am I talking about Iowa? Well, and I'll talk a little bit more about this later in the show as well, but as many people here at Harvest know, and they've heard this week, uh, we made a big announcement that the Baldwins, Tammy and Jared Baldwin, are moving to Iowa this summer. The summer of 2019, me and my wife are relocating to Iowa. So we're going to be living in a town called Ankeny, right outside of Des Moines, Iowa. I'll be saying more about it. Even later in the show, I'm going to tell you a little bit about where I'm going in Iowa in Iowa, why I'm going to Ankeny, Iowa, where I'm going to be ministering. And uh, it's really a great testimony of how God's directed the Baldwin family. And since um, 
my listening audience. I don't want you to hear it through the grapevine necessarily. We made a big announcement at church on Sunday night. Been sending out letters to people in our ministry here. But sometimes, you know, you might not have been there when when I said it, or you might not have got the letter, and I don't want you to hear it from someone else. So the Baldwins will be relocating to Iowa this upcoming summer, which is a real blessing for us. We don't, you know, we're sad to say goodbye to our friends and the people who have really become our family here the last 15 years. And God's doing so many awesome things here on Guam. We are going to miss it greatly. But we are also excited about God giving us a next chapter in our ministry, and we're excited for what's happening at Harvest as well. So I'll be saying more about this later in the show, so stick around. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, the news with Chris Harper, more about Iowa and the Baldwin's future after this short break. Iowa. Well, at least now I know how to pronounce it. I always thought you folks preferred Iowa. We do. Well, he just said Iowa. We say it now and then, but we don't like anybody else to. We are from Iowa. I know. Well, you folks certainly do know how to make a body feel at home. Oh, there's nothing halfway about the Iowa way to treat you when we treat you, which we may not do at all. And we're back with a little more Live Till 5 here on Friday, February 8th, 2019, 4.40 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. Talking a little bit about Iowa because... Iowa is in my near future, and I have, within the listening audience, many people who've already heard the announcement, you've already read the letter, and you've extended some really gracious words back to me, but I figured I want my listening audience to know what's going on with our family, and we're going to be moving to Iowa in June, and this is a great way to at least introduce the topic. I'm sure I'll be talking about it more down the road, but uh, appreciate your prayers as we make the move. It's all good news. There's nothing negative happening. There's no bad, you know, thing happening behind the scenes. We're actually really sad to be going, but we're excited about what God's doing in our future. So I'll say a little bit more about that in a little bit. But first off, Chris mentioned something to me earlier that I am super curious about. It's a phenomenon that I have no idea. I thought maybe it was a meteorological term, but it's not. It's the Overton window. Yes. And he asked me, what's the Overton window? And me, I like trivial things. You know, I'm a virtual cornucopia of worthless information. So what in the world is the Overton window? Well, a lot of times when I'm working hard on something and I have to concentrate on it, I'll put like some, oddly, this works for me. I put like a podcast or something mm-hmm. with headphones on. And so today I was listening to something political and it was mentioned that uh, the Overton window was closing for something. And I thought, I, I'm not sure exactly what that is. I better Google the Overton window. So this is the explanation from Wikipedia. I understand the, the uh, issues with Wikipedia, but, sure. but this is what we got. I thought it was a decent summary, a lot better than some of the other summaries I read. So the Overton window is a range of ideas tolerated in public discourse. It's also known as the window of discourse. So the term um, refers to Joseph P. Overton. He claimed that an idea's political viability depends mainly on whether it falls within this window, the window of discourse. So um, it's not just the individual politicians' preferences, like their opinions. It's, It's 
whether or not those opinions fall within this acceptable window. So according to Overton's description, his window includes a range of policies considered politically acceptable in the current climate of public opinion, which is which a politician can then recommend without being too extreme and he can gain or keep public office. So I'm going to give you very interesting. This this doesn't help our listeners, but I'm going to give you basically a diagram of what the Overton window looks like. So here was the point on today's podcast is that for people who are left of center, the Overton window keeps expanding for them. So the acceptability of ideas just keeps getting more and more and more extreme. But for people on the right or conservative spectrum, the Overton window shrinks. So the amount of things that conservative people can say and believe keeps getting smaller and smaller. Hmm. It's not, no longer acceptable to believe certain things. Wow. So it shifts a little bit to what's yeah. more acceptable, and it, it kind of uh, marginalizes things that were more acceptable on the conservative side become more in the margin, and right. things that were more radical on the liberal side become more acceptable. Right. That and was so that the window idea. is shifting. Yeah. Right. Wow. Interesting concept. Yeah. And I, they, of course, this is also, um, there's, there's always political diversity in any country, and the people that elect certain politicians have a window, and the people that elect another group of politicians have another window of yeah. acceptability. And if you believe anything outside that, you're really on the extreme one way or the other. Hmm. Wow. That's that's great. And and I'm going to try and use this in uh, some type of conversation sometime in the near future. Thank you. Yeah. So what's happening in the news? Well, I just have one item, and it's going to follow up a little bit on something we talked about on last Take Note, and uh, something that was mentioned in the State of the Union address. Uh, was it last night or the night before? One of these nights. Uh, President Donald Trump's call for a ban on late-term abortions is unlikely to prevail in Congress. But Republican legislators in several states are pushing ahead with their own tough anti-abortion bills. They hope that those can pass uh, muster in the Supreme Court. So if any of these are challenged, they're hoping they can get through the Supreme Court challenges. Two bills proposing to outlaw abortions after a fetal heartbeat is detected as early as six weeks into the pregnancy advanced out of the House and Senate committees in Mississippi this week with GOP Governor Phil Bryant pledging to sign either into law. And then efforts to pass similar bills are underway in Florida, Kentucky, Ohio, South Carolina, and and Tennessee also. In Ohio, former Republican Governor John Kasich twice vetoed the measure. Keep that in mind when uh, the presidential race comes around, by the way. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people will remind us. Mike DeWine has pledged to sign it, though. He's the new governor. In Tennessee, Governor Bill Lee Uh, And the top two GOP state lawmakers say they support that measure. And then here's some Iowa news, too. Iowa passed a heartbeat bill last year, but it was struck down by a state judge on January 22nd. This is pretty recent. In response, many GOP lawmakers are seeking to place a proposed constitutional amendment on the ballot that would stipulate that there is no right to abortion in the Iowa Constitution, which that's a myth anyway, that there's a right to abortion. Right. 
it's there's no explanation as to how that takes place. If you've ever, by the way, this is an interesting academic study for you. Go on and read the Roe versus Wade opinions from the judges. And it's all mythological in so many ways. But that's another story for another day. Trump, in his State of the Union speech Tuesday night, I got it. Well, it would have been Wednesday sometime. Yeah, Wednesday the day for here. Us, yep. Uh, cited recent controversies in New York and Virginia over late term abortions before urging Congress to, quote, prohibit the late term abortion of children who can feel pain in the mother's womb. Unquote. Now, legislation to achieve that goal has failed to win passage, even when Republicans controlled both chambers of Congress and has virtually no chance of success now that Democrats control the House. Nonetheless, anti-abortion legislature, uh, legislators, I should say, and activists across the U.S. believe Trump has bolstered their cause with his appointments of conservative judges like Neil Gorsuch in 2017 Brent Kavanaugh in 2018, and abortion opponents foresee the possibility that the high court might either uh, reverse or uh, um, override uh, Roe v. Wade. Uh, reverse is probably the correct term. Uh, the 1973 ruling establishing a nationwide right to abortion or uphold state laws which would undermine Roe v. Wade. Hmm. So a little... A, a little glimpse of good news, particularly because uh, so many state legislatures uh, have uh, many pro-life people involved. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, we're we're in an interesting time in America. We're going to see if anything is going to change with this issue of abortion and uh, being veiled in health rights. But really, it's a just a very sad time for America. And so... Praise the Lord that there is some progress towards the pro-life side. So thanks a lot for sharing that with us, Chris. Appreciate sure. it. And the Overton window, which is going to be in my mind now. I'm going to try and use that in there conversation. Listeners, thanks for sticking around. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, talk a little bit more about Iowa and uh, some of the things that are happening with the Baldwins in the future. So don't go anywhere. Be right back after this. Walk with me, Lord. God, walk with me, walk with me, Lord, God, walk with me, while I'm on this old tedious journey, I want Jesus to walk with me. And we're back with the last few minutes of Live Till 5. It's Friday, February 8th, 2019, 4.51 p.m. here at the studios. If you ever miss part of the show, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m., catch us on The Rebound. Or download the podcast, khmg.org. Let us know you're listening. Contact us on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Follow us and you get all the updates. Want to talk just a little bit more about the Baldwin's future? Talking about myself in third person there, but... My wife and I have been on Guam for about 15 years, serving at Harvest Baptist Church the whole time. We had two years where we were away, so 2009, 2010, we were off island. But 2002 to 2009, and then 2011 until the present, we're in our eighth year of the second term here, so 15th year, and uh, really have enjoyed every bit of it. It's not all been easy, but it's been a blessing, and we love what we do here at Harvest, and we love the people here at Harvest that we get to work with every day. We love the people in our church, and we love Guam. 
and it's sad for us to go and and it'll get harder and harder to talk about the closer the time gets this summer but just wanted to at least fill you in on a little bit of what's going on in these last waning minutes of the show here we have um been knowing for the last few years that we were closer to the end of our time on Guam than the beginning you know not knowing exactly what the lord would do there we knew that uh in the transition of what would be coming up inevitably at Harvest, that that God was not calling me, Jared Baldwin, to be the next senior pastor at Harvest. I just knew, I was convinced in my heart that God wasn't calling me to do that. This stage of life, that's not what God is burdening me about. Really, my goal is just to help the church go through a transition, and uh, we've been able to be part of that. It's really been a blessing. God has provided a wonderful senior pastor. God's given us many fruitful years here. And we knew um, over a year ago that this would be our last year, but we didn't really want to bring it up because we didn't want to cause a distraction or kind of draw attention away from what the Lord was doing through this wonderful transition process here at Harvest. God answered our prayers and sent us a, a wonderful senior pastor and family just when we needed them. The timing could not have been more supernaturally planned the Lord has given us a smooth transition, and really I had three prayer requests. One, that the Lord would allow me to be part of helping Pastor Heron and Mrs. Heron have a smooth transition away from Guam. Two, that God would help me to be part, whatever my part would be, in helping Pastor Gary Walton and his wife Faith move to Guam and transition into the role of senior pastor here. And number three, that God would allow me in whatever area that I could be involved Help let me be part of helping stabilize and keep things running smoothly during the transition. And we're in the middle of that right now, but it's going very well. And so, really, I felt like the Lord has been answering those prayers. And about a year ago, a little, little less than a year ago, I was contacted by Faith Baptist Bible College about an opportunity. They wanted to start a new major, and they were going through the accreditation process from the Higher Learning Commission to start a major on um, what's called organizational leadership as an undergraduate degree. They needed someone that had an accredited organizational leadership master's degree, which I earned this last summer, and um, they really wanted someone that had been in pastoral ministry, but a plus would be someone that's also been in business and been involved in other aspects of organizations, which describes my background. I had military. I worked for a Fortune 500 company. I worked for a small business in sales. Worked in a large ministry like Harvest and doing a number of different jobs. I've been an ordained pastor for 17 years. And so I've had that privilege to be a lot of different things. And so it really was a custom fit opportunity. And I had no idea that they were looking for someone. I didn't put my resume out there. I didn't drop any hints. I was just... Uh, where the Lord led me, I being in the way, the Lord led me, and I got a call from Dr. Jim Tillotson, who's been here to visit since that time, asking if I would consider, and he said, but the only thing, Jared, is we can't hire you till, uh, we can't actually have you start working till the summer of 2019, and I had been talking to him previously, uh, a few months before that or whatever, and um, through the conversation, he knew that we were kind of going to be in our last year and a half at Harvest. He said, so you're planning to to wrap up your time at Harvest around that time, and we need someone with exactly those credentials. And my son goes to that college, and I've been very impressed with 
how my son has grown in the Lord since he's been there. And so it just seemed like this is what the Lord was opening up. I got some counsel from my dad. My wife and I prayed about it, and we accepted the position. So last spring, in April, I signed a contract with Faith Baptist Bible College to become the chair of the Organizational Leadership Program. And that was really a blessing. The Lord answered our prayer very specifically, and I can say more about that later. But And so we're going to be making the transition in June. Now, we're going to keep doing this live till 5 up until close to that time, and and uh, I know it's it can be hard for change, and for us it's going to be very difficult, and there will be a lot of tears, um, and we're going to miss our friends and family here, but we also see God working in our lives, and God moves people around as he wills, and we're submitted to that. We've always That's how we ended up on Guam. Uh, we moved away from family and friends in our hometown to come to Guam, and so uh, the Lord has, has blessed us here. And we believe God's going to bless us there. And so we appreciate your prayers, and, and we're, we're very grateful for all the support and kind words we've heard even in this last week since I made the announcement Sunday night. And uh, so I'll probably put some stuff out on social media over the next few days, maybe a little video um, thanking everyone and maybe explaining some of these same things. But it's not a big secret. We're, we're really trying to get the word out there. And um, if you have a college-age student and you're looking for a a program where they can get some business training and some leadership training through an accredited college in a small environment. Maybe they like to play sports or they like fine arts. A small college gives them an opportunity to be able to participate in some of those things they might not get to participate in in a big school. Please shoot me a note, send me a private message, uh, pass my name on to other folks as well, because it's going to be a real transition for us, but we're hoping to keep that Guam connection, even though we're going to be out in the middle of Iowa, where apparently it's the number one corn and pork producer, uh, according to my stats earlier. So I appreciate you, you you being willing to listen to me explain all that. And like I said, I'll say more about that later. But unfortunately, we're out of time for today. Episode 302, Friday, February 8th, 2019. This is Live Till 5. And uh, my name's Jared Baldwin. I'm the host of this show. And I hope you have a great weekend. You're listening to Live Till 5 on 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam, KHMG. Stick around for SRN News and have an awesome weekend.